Hello and welcome to episode 24 of One Sporting Way. My name is Riley Clark, and as always, I'm joined by my wonderful two co-hosts, Dave and Remy. Dave, how are you doing this week, and what are you drinking? Man, I'm doing good. It has been an uneventful week. Um, well, actually, I guess I did go on a trip last weekend, but yeah, you went wasn't skiing. very exciting. Yeah, nothing really that exciting happened. Just kidding. At one point... The highway was closed, and I did something I've never done before, which is that I collected cupfuls of snow because we we're out of water, and oh, we thought we might be shoot. like they had closed the highway, and we thought we might be stuck on it all night. I loved you just brushed over that, like yeah, we were collecting survival. <laughs> well, it wasn't actually that exciting because they did end up reopening the highway, so we didn't end up needing to drink <laughs> any of it. But there was a moment where I was like, "Man, I'm getting kind of thirsty," and I don't know what the backup plan is. You're like, "Am I in an apocalypse movie?" <laughs> yeah, it felt like that because like all the cars were just parked along the highway, and people were like getting out of them, like milling around, talking to each other. But anyway, I'm drinking uh, Casey Bierko. No surprise there. But this one is somewhat new. I can't remember if I've had it on the podcast before, but it's called uh, Edelweiss. And it is a, uh, it's, it says Amber Bach Wheat Ale. But it's really mm. good. I highly recommend it. This is probably my new favorite uh, from Casey Bierko. Wow. And you so, are like a Bierko guy. It's high praise, honestly. Um, what about so, the Weizenbach? Ooh, your first love. Maybe I do have to give it to Weizenbach by a nose, but I don't know. They're all so good. This one's amazing. If you haven't tried it, I highly recommend it. Anyway, how about you, Remy? Oh, I'm awesome. Um, Sorry, you thought I was going to throw it back to Riley and then he was going to throw it to you. Yeah, I just had I was... to keep you on your toes this week. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I'm actually drinking beer this week. Can you believe it? We did it. I lost so much faith that I didn't even say, what are you drinking? I just said, how are you? Yeah, I know. <laughs> that one's um, my bad. <laughs> well, it's no surprise. I'm drinking on three. Mango card. Mango card. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> um, it's still the only thing three. in my fridge. Dave literally bought me like a 75 pack last mm -hmm. winter. Or I guess this oh, I remember that. I still have stuff left. I just realized I don't really drink that much in the winter. I... I kind of like social drinking more when it's warm. Yeah. It stays lighter longer. So yeah, I'm just kind of in hibernation mode. So I promise I will go to a liquor store soon and try out some of the recommendations that people have been sending us. Um, just having How are you doing, it. Remy? Oh, I'm so excited because, um, well, I work at a college and we are on spring break. So we're actually getting the entire week off and I'm going to visit... Riley and Robin. Nice. Yes, we. I am so excited. Um, it's so funny. Right before we started recording, Riley was saying he's like decatting his entire house. And yes, that is a word. Is that yarn in that bucket in the background, though? Uh, no, these are towels that <laughs> okay. Robin has very fancily rolled up. Oh. It looks like yarn, and I thought that's if anything just gonna attract cats. I mean, come on, <laughs> probably. <laughs> I don't know Riley's intentions here. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, well, we're excited to have you in a couple days. I'm so excited. And you are the start of like three and a half straight weeks of people in our home. So no pressure. It's gonna be epic. Well, Riley, tell us about your deepest secrets. Ooh, my deepest secrets. I don't have a lot of those, but I do have oh except for the fact that 
um, I'm actually just three children in a trench coat pretending to be an adult. <laughs> That's my deepest <laughs> secret. Wow. Um, it's a good act because it doesn't even look like you're wearing a trench coat. I so. know, right? It's a skin trench coat. I don't like what this is. Anyway, um, okay. I'm just on. I'm picturing like a Marvel nanotech. My nerd is coming out. I'm like, what kind yes. of uniform are you wearing? Yeah, like like Iron Man's little thing that kind of spread like the, he like presses a button on his out. chest and yeah. it just like pops up. And he becomes three middle schoolers. Yes. Well, this week, uh it, again in my never ending quest to expand my palate uh i am drinking another cocktail this week and it has a little bit of a story behind it so robin and i i wanted to play this kind of D style game called the quiet year where we like build maps and and basically envision a society after a great calamity happens and it takes about eh, about three and a half to four hours to play and robin goes okay but here's the deal i'll play that with you but you have to watch gone with the wind which I've never seen. Me neither. And Interesting. it's a four-hour movie, just under four hours, about the basically the Civil War South in Georgia. And so it ordered, we watched it Friday night, and I was like, we need a, a themed cocktail about Gone with the Wind. So we made a Scarlet O'Hara, and a Scarlet O'Hara is two ounces of whiskey, four ounces of um, cranberry juice, splash of lime juice and then club soda on top and i was thinking i was like man i need a sound bit for the podcast now so i just brought my shaker with me and i'm going to shake it up on the podcast there you go (laughs) (laughs) okay riley wins coolest noise of the week yeah this actually that actually reminds me of when i was a kid and i made a bet with my sister and I don't remember what it was but if i won she had to watch lord of the rings which is an awesome film trilogy and then if i lost which i did i had to watch the entire six hour bbc version of uh pride and prejudice and it was it was not a fair trade because she ended (laughs) up watching lord of the rings anyway eventually and loved it so oh my gosh all right well let's go ahead and how do we even transition from that (laughs) straight into it okay we gotta do it sports um so this this uh last uh over last week so we actually in the podcast didn't get to the uh the Colorado game even though we played on that Saturday so we're going to talk about the um, you mean Houston the Houston game guys you got me all off you know talking well, about well it's okay cuz i realized after we finished uh recording last episode we actually didn't even make predictions yep. for Houston or didn't Colorado so it's not even anyone's fault here we're just getting it back into the swing of season 2 we are. i don't so, even think we mentioned Colorado we mentioned like twice that we were going to make a prediction and then never did <laughs> but the funny. prediction was we wouldn't make a prediction probably so we did great we yeah. nailed it yeah uh, but we're going to talk the Houston game and then we're going to talk the Colorado game. And then there is plenty of news and speculation to go around on this podcast. So we will get into all of that good stuff. So let's start with the Houston game. Remy, talk to us about the Houston game. I was there. It was very windy. That's the first thing I noticed. Um, 100% we were going to win because it was against Houston, who was also predicted to finish like one of the last place teams in either conference this season, which is hilarious. You could tell that they kind of were still getting into a rhythm. I mean, a lot of the time, I just feel like nothing was really happening. Like we all know sporting really loves their possession. 
They do have one of the best possession percentages in the league. But at the end of the day, possession doesn't really mean anything if you're not even going to create chances on goal. So that was kind of my takeaway from it. Our favorite player from Instagram, Remy, scored. So that was really exciting. Uh, One thing I did notice that I thought was really funny was just how comically bad the defense was on Remy's goal. Like it pinballed off like two players and then just dropped to him in the box and then he centered it and they failed to clear it again. And then Remy was just there to like perfectly clean it up and just slot it home. Yeah. What about you, Riley? Gosh, it's so hard right now because the goal was fantastic. I mean, he's he's sitting there. He's doing his job, right? Like he is just there to clean up any loose balls slotted at home. And I know everyone was super excited that, that Remy got a, his first goal of the season. And despite the goal, and I think Remy, you nailed it on the head, right? Like we just did not look very prepared or very explosive. Like normally, and it, the hedges from the Atlanta game as well, where our offense just hasn't picked up yet. And it, it's that lack of a, a top end striker to really drive us home. And we definitely saw that in the game last night. I think there were some like good moments for sure. I mean, for being it being the second game of the season, you know, you're still like Peter Vermes is probably trying to figure out the best combination of players to start. I mean, unfortunately, it wasn't that like exciting of a game. So a lot of it kind of went through one ear and out the other. But that's also for being the home opener and not having a whole lot of like recollection from it says a lot, right? Like you expect to come out and blow everyone away on your on your first game of the season. And and though like we had a we had the edge in possession and we had the edge in shots that game, like it just it there wasn't a lot of excitement. Now I'm also talking from someone who watched it on on Twitter because I couldn't watch <laughs> literally the only live stream I could get was on Twitter. So I was watching it and it did. It just felt like we're, we're, we're passing the ball around. We're trying to take shots. But we're not, we're not at really developing anything yet on the, on the front third. We were kind of lucky that at least it was against Houston, knowing that it wouldn't be like a Seattle or, or heaven forbid Colorado. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like to have a, the, the first win at home was really important. And sometimes you just do have to settle for the one Oh win. And I think that's what sporting did. Um, I think it gave them enough momentum to know, okay, we have the, our first win on the board. It was at home. Our fans are behind us. It was very loud there, which was awesome. That's the one thing you can always count on, right? Like no matter how we're playing, no matter what it looks like, we will always be behind this team. Yeah. And I think it does make a statement, you know, after Paulo Nagamura is like the new head coach. And he kinda... How was the reception for him? I was curious. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Because you were like, uh, they might be doing a standing applause. ovation. No, there was nothing. I don't know about nothing. a standing ovation. You don't think they, they didn't do anything? No, there was nothing. I mean, I think oh, on purpose, the um, like the announcer for the whole stadium just kind of like threw them in with the rest of the Houston roster. So either the people didn't see or hear it, but there really wasn't anything like any kind of extra applause. Matt Beesler huh. actually did show up to the game with his family, and he got a standing ovation and lots of applause. Oh, nice. Wow, that <laughs> is crazy to me. He's not, I'm just trying to think of like the Mount Rushmore of sporting Kansas City players and Paulo Nagamura is not on there because I remember I was at the first game against Austin FC last year and 
like they announced Matt Beasler as starting for Austin and the entire stadium just went nuts. I mean, people were like beside themselves cheering for Matt Beasler. Yeah. I mean, Matt was a homegrown player. Like he grew up going to high school in KC. Andy is like the second most all-time appearances for sporting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had just left, too. I think that's also a big factor. Everyone was like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> you were just here. <laughs> that's a great impression. It was of a Riley. great impression of the oh, entire stadium full of fans. <laughs> well, and, and as Dave said, Jimmy Nielsen was on staff there, as well as uh, Chris Martinez, uh, uh, old assistant coach for SKC, too. But it's just that's insane to me that we had so much lifeblood now in Houston which is a strange place for them to arrive. And it kind of reminds me, being a K-State fan, anyone that knows Big 12 football knows that like half the coaches at one point spread out from Bill Snyder, like were his assistant coaches or someone on his staff. And it was it feels that way of like Peter Vermees is bringing up all these players and all these coaches. And what's the most natural thing to do for talented young coaches? Well, it's to go to the worst teams because – they're who need a chance. And so I actually, I'm well, going to say the ones super hiring. cool <laughs> to see them out there and to see them coaching, even if it is for Houston, who we very much do not like. But I still think it's super cool because what it shows is that Peter Vermees is not only developing players to be players, but he's develop the, developing them to be the future of the league. Yeah, for sure. It just is sucky that they went to Houston because yeah. now I'm like, is Houston going to be good? Stop it. Stop it, Remy. <laughs> I was going to say, they were good. They had their four-year period of being decent, and now they're bad. I just remember we used to always lose to them in the playoffs, and then we beat them, and then we won the MLS Cup. But I don't think anyone else remembers that. So we No, that is one well of my favorite memories, <laughs> is the year we won the, the Cup in 2013. I remember being at the Houston game and saying to to my buddy I was there with being like if we beat Houston tonight it's ours because I think it was the past two seasons we had lost to them in the playoffs and it's like that was the camel that broke the back like we just had to get the, through Houston sorry, what was the, that the camel that broke the back that <laughs> the camel that broke the camel's back you know just oh how the tables have tabled <laughs> you know at some point Everything comes around, right? Like the Royals were one of the worst teams in baseball, and eventually they came back around and won the World Series. So you can see Houston kind of gathering their power nope. in Sporting KC staff. I don't like what you're implying. Riley's describing Houston winning the MLS Cup. I'm just I'm saying we it. cannot mark because as soon as we start saying that Houston's going to be bad forever, we're going to lose to them every game this season. Mm. Well, well, we already avoided that. I'm done talking about Houston for the day. <laughs> Fair. Yes. All right. Yeah, let's just move on then to the Colorado game, which was, first off, started off very interesting because of just our lineup. Dave, do you want to talk a little bit about kind of the lineup changes for the game? Yeah, so we had a couple guys, one guy making his Sporting KC debut in uh, Nikola Voinovich. And another guy, Marino Sionis, was making his first start. So that was cool. Two-thirds of our front line was brand new. Other than that, the lineup was pretty, pretty similar to previous games. But anyway, that was kind of the starting lineup. So got some fresh blood in there, unfortunately, due to injuries. Yeah, sadly, that fresh blood, and I think we kind of saw it in the game, it just wasn't quite ready to be in there on the starting lineup. But you 
what what you find out is that these players have really only been here for max a couple weeks and they haven't really fell into the system yet and we uh, against and I was I was reading some post game stuff over at uh, the Blue Testament and just talking about how even Peter was like we weren't we weren't ready yet to start them but we kind of had to because Daniel was out and Kyrie Shelton was out and just it forced the hand before it was ready to play. Like we just weren't ready to have him out. Yeah. I mean, Voinovitz just got his visa to be able to play in the U S so he missed most of preseason training with the team. Daniel's injury. They didn't really disclose what it was exactly because it happened so quickly right before the game, maybe in a warm up or the practice right before, but he wasn't even listed on the injury list right before the game that they always publish, you know, looking at the available subs, even it was like, kind of shocking because it just listed defender, 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 defender. Like we really only had Cam Duke who had to sub in after Felipe Hernandez got injured in the first half. And then Ozzy, he just turned 18 and never played in the MLS. So we really didn't have a ton of options. I will say Cam Duke for me um, was man of the match. He came in and did not look like a sub. He looked like a starter. He was getting back on defense. He was winning tackles. He was passing accurately. He had a couple of shots on goal. It might just be his age, but Cam Duke is that player who we talked about at the end of last season where I was like, I want him starting. I want him in the lineup every day because he brings that energy. Yes. Yeah. To be honest, and I don't know what you guys will think of this, but I would not mind seeing a little more Cam Duke and a little less of Roger Espinoza. I don't know. And it's not that Roger Espinoza plays bad. He plays he plays well, but it's like you got Cam Duke. Cam Duke, in my opinion, is the future. I think he's of super dynamic. Earth. Yeah, he yes. He's he will inherit dynamic. the kingdom. He always he's always active, you know, taking people on, showing a lot of confidence. And it's like, I don't know if you want to take Roger out of the midfield quite yet, just because it's him, Remy and Felipe. That was the starting three. And who's your leader in the midfield there? Like, in my opinion, Remy, I in the future, at least right yes, now, no, it's I Roger. agree in the future. But you need that senior leadership on the field just to direct young players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. How, okay, actually, I always, no. Right I feel your... like I always give so many like like it feels definitive, and you guys are like I don't know how to respond. Well, right as you were. Well, first of all, I I disagree. I think the young players are going to grow into the leadership role, but I can see what you're saying. Where while that happens, you need a certain amount of stability. But as you were saying that, I was clicking over to the tab where I have the lineup, and I noticed that Jake Davis also subbed in, and mm-hmm. he's another guy who hasn't had a lot of appearances, so. I was curious what you guys thought of his performance. Um, well, I definitely fell asleep in the second half, so I did not <laughs> see him play. If anyone knows Remy, it's like me, Remy. It's that I like to go to bed early. I texted Remy on Wednesday at like 830, and I was like, like Jack had just gotten done playing soccer, and we are going to go hang out at this bar like sort of close to Remy's house. So I was like, oh, hey, come hang out with us. And then, like, as I sent it, I was like, it's 8.30. Like, who am I kidding? You're not going to get a response. F you, Dave, yes. because... What do you mean, F me? I was inviting you to hang out. <laughs> Wednesday, uh, my college had a massive-ass fundraiser 
that was all day and it was completely exhausting. And I went home. That was the Survivor two hour premiere, Dave. So How I was supposed to know any of this. Well, you should just know. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I was just trying to include you. You know, I knew you're friends with Jack and I was like, hey, come hang out. And then I was like, okay, it's a little late. That's not going to happen. I was busy watching Survivor. I don't even think I had eaten dinner at that point because I was just, you know, when you're just so exhausted and you just like have to just sit and be zen. Um, anyway, Jake oh, Davis. Sorry Riley. for my outburst. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh maybe. no! I'm just surprised you were so angry at being invited to hang out somewhere. <laughs> no, I think it was more angry that you were like calling her out when she was like, "I wasn't even sleeping. I was doing stuff." This is just going really downhill. Riley, can you please save this segment? Jake whatever this is. Davis was on the field for uh, the last yeah. like nine minutes. What did you? Yeah, think I was going to say. So that sub came with Ben Sweat, Courtney Ford, and Jake Davis all getting put onto the field. Which, if you know anything about Peter Vermees, it's that he does not sub, and he does not sub in mass. And yeah. so part of me feels like that last set of subs, along with then in the eighty third. Caden Pierce came on for Russell. That just tells me that at that point in the game, with all of these young players on the field, Peter was very much like, let's get some new blood in there and just see what happens. Well, in that case, what did you think of Caden Pierre? Because I did know I didn't really notice that he subbed on, but he's kind of a I don't know. It sounds like I, I'm happy if Peter's turning over a new leaf and taking more subs. But I always feel like even if he does, it's always too late. Like if you sub in four people within a couple of minutes, are they really going to get the synergy they need to actually like make a play come together and mesh with like the current players on the field? I don't know. It might be too late. I mean, this this game for us was fairly uneventful. That's what I got for you. Like there just wasn't (laughs) a whole lot going on. And even when you watch the highlights, like, our highlights aren't even that exciting this game. Like even though, and what's crazy is like, we always keep winning the shot battle. So like in the Houston game, we had 15 to five shots and this game we had 13 to nine, but yet we're not converting. We only had three shots on goal and we're just not converting those shots, which again shows the lack of depth at the front. It also says something about like the quality of defense. Cause if one team is just, taking speculative shots from outside which i don't know if that's what we were doing but you're just not going to get the same results as like colorado like basically blasting it at the goal from inside the six yard box so i don't know it seemed that this one could have been a lot worse than it even ended up being i actually had a fun question kind of stemming from this game to kind of bring the mood up a little bit uh, so the the goal the first goal against us was scored by good old Diego Rubio, mm-hmm. you know former 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 SKC player, and this is now the second away game that we had a former player score against us. So I wanted to know. I'm gonna drop a list of names into our document here up at the top. Is this trivia or just a fun? This thing? is not trivia. No, <laughs> this is the list of all of the former KC players who oh have scored gosh. against us. Scott Seeley. Do you guys remember This is him? also, this no. is coming from, I want to make sure I credit. This is coming from uh, the Blue Testament quoted uh, this on um, on Twitter from a guy, uh, Mike, down by the byline. He kind of put this list together. Uh, and so I thought, hey, guys, if you could have any one of these players back who are like currently, so like Preckies on like this in, list. In, your, in their prime? 
or yeah. like current day. Let's do that. Any of them like in their prime, like which one of these goal scorers do you want? And I'm going to run down the list for our fans real quick. Um, we've got Henderson, Chung, Kamara, Bunbury, uh, Victorine, uh, Gutierrez, Tally, Rubio, Conrad, uh, Prampin, Peterson. Um, I think it's Movsisian. Movsisian. That would make sense. Bersiaga. Uh, Bersiaga. Seely, Brown, uh, Lalas, uh, Preki, and Dwyer. Can we do one and then our honorable mention? No, I literally am going to force you to pick just one. Well, if it's just one, then Preki's the obvious choice, right? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, it's between him and Dom for me, but I'd say it's Preki. Oh, I would say Preki and Alexi Lawless. Alexi See, Lawless was on the national team. He's way, yeah, he, he's way too old school for me to really like have any idea. Like, if you asked me, like, what are the three things that Alexi Lawless was best at? I would say, like, I have no idea, but I know he's super famous, so he was probably super good. Maybe Kamara. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Kamara. I do, oh man, I do like. I do it's like a Kamara. hard choice. It's not I'm a hard choice about... though, because it's Preki. <laughs> it's <Preky>. Like, <laughs> but... it's a hard choice for second. <laughs> Fun fact about um, Sasha Victory, and I actually applied for a job once where he was like one of the VPs. Oh, that, cool! Really? I did like not a get a call back. Non-soccer related, <laughs> it was, no, though. I like, it was. You didn't have to drop like sport, that one in there. It was sports related, so I'm like, Sasha. Oh, okay. I think right now what our team needs most is we need an answer to a lot of problems. And so the only real choice is to pull in the answer, Jacob Peterson. Jacob Peterson. I mean, I Jacob love Peterson. No, I Riley. love Jacob Peterson. But if we need some offensive help, there is talking. no other player known as he was the answer. No, I 100 percent disagree with you. I've never heard that nickname in my whole life. He was good. I liked him as a player, but he was not ever like the best player on the teams he was on. He was no he was like the last place of the starters if he ever he never even started consistently. I just need to know Remy, do you remember him being called the answer? No, because oh he wasn't ever the answer. I Riley. am not. And it was because no matter what position was out, he played he played forward, he played midfield, he played defender. I he think was he was answer. a utility player, but he was never like our shining star. Yeah. Like he was always like I, I, that's a surprise to me, Riley. He was never even a consistent <laughs> starter. <laughs> yeah, I think that if we're bringing back an old player, they have to have been like the stu- the superstar of their era, you know? All right. Ding. Yeah, here's the question. And this one is actually a speed question. So whoever answers oh, first okay. is going to get the point. All right. All right. Are you guys ready? I'm glad I have fast internet now. I'm glad I just <laughs> drink a beer to make my mind faster. Beautiful. All right. Who is the founder of Sporting Kansas City? Is it obvious, Riley? I feel like it, it is, is extremely obvious. The Clark family. <laughs> the Hunt family. Remy, you are correct. Yes! It was the Hunt family. I was literally thinking of that family, but I said the guy's first name. <laughs> Lamar Hunt. Lamar Hunt founded both Sporting and the Chiefs. Yeah, so let's jump into some news bits. So, um, first off, we want to give a shout out to Charlotte FC because they set, and this is amazing for the future of the league, the all-time attendance record for their home opener at 74,479 people. Wow. Do they play in the Panthers' home stadium? Yep. Does it make you guys ever wonder if... At some point, sporting's either going to have to 
build a bigger stadium or return to Arrowhead. I was in Atlanta talking to a gentleman who worked there, and normally they only have the lower bowl of the stadium open, but just because oh, okay. it was the home opener, they have the entire stadium. Oh, um, so the, the crowds will do, I don't think they're going to have 75,000 for every game they play at home. If they did amazing, I'm totally down for that. There is a chance that sporting, uh, expands at some point, but I don't, I don't see it happening anytime soon, especially when you're selling out every game. Like, I mean, we haven't actually, we haven't been selling out like last season anyway. And we were like going for the record of sellouts in a row, but then COVID hit and like, obviously that all changed. Wouldn't you say that? If you're selling out every game, that's when you would expand your stadium. Because why would you expand a stadium if you're not filling your current one? So that's the, it's the catch 22, right? If you expand the stadium, are you going to continue to sell out? Or are you going to be having empty seats at that point? Or do you sit happy where you're at making maximum possible funds every game? I mean, I think that's that's a good question, but I think you certainly don't expand it. If you're not selling out. No, right? that, I mean, that's true. But I think the if you expand to 30,000, do you risk not selling out those seats and now you have empty space? I, I think it'd be nice eventually because maybe if the if there were some uh, cheaper ticket options, more people would be willing to come if they're just fair weather fans and looking for something to do. And that's like always good to just expand the, your target audience. But um, I mean, Casey Kern's doing the same thing with their their stadium that they're building right now. They're making it expandable, and they have plans ready to go. Yes. Uh, coming up, you know, we've got on Saturday, coming up, we've got SKC versus the Chicago Fire. Uh, my favorite poster ever that got put up over the cauldron was Wiz on the Fire. Ooh. Chicago right now is sitting on a win and two draws, two nil-nil draws and a 2-0 win over DC United. Um, and they are sitting fifth in the table in the East with Sporting currently, as we've talked, on one win and two losses with three points sitting in 11th place in the West right now. Guys, what do you got predictions for our game as we travel to Chicago? Oh boy, I hope we win. Like, I hope 11th place in the West is the lowest we'll get this season. Man, I don't see us winning this one, I'll be honest. I mean, I just think we're really not in good form right now. So, if we're away, my prediction is a 1-1 draw. I'm going to take us on a 1-0 win. I'm going to say we're going to pull it out like we did against Houston. I think, if I know anything about our team, we tend to bounce back pretty hard. And so I think after, you know, losing a, a rival like Colorado to nothing, I think we're going to go into Chicago with a huge chip on our shoulder. I think Daniel is going to be back. I think Kyrie's going to be back. And I'm going to make an even bolder prediction and say Kyrie's going to score a goal next week. Holy shiz, Riley. Riley right. is taking a risk. I'm out here on a limb. Yeah. And I'm hoping Kyrie extends the the soccer ball into the goal to help me on it extends the soccer ball into the goal that was what beautiful was that what poetry an interesting turn of phrase <laughs> <laughs> riley my gut was also telling me a 1-0 win i i just like have to believe that we're gonna bounce back after this poor performance against colorado for sure but hey we'll get to watch it together on the beach heck there yeah we will it's on nice. espn plus so we'll get it here in south carolina all right well this is our our podcast uh remy where can people find us <laughs> you can find us on instagram um yeah 
I got nothing. Wow. Sorry, guys. Wow. That was good. Run? I mean, you said the line. You know, you said they could find us on Instagram, and they can. So oh, I you need got it. The I don't know done. if it's just like the spring break <laughs> brain that I have, or knowing I'm gonna like go see friends. Hey, you know what? Enjoy the spring break brain. Working for schools, it's it's an amazing brain to have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we do love fan questions, so you can also email us at onesportingwaypod at gmail.com. So um, I had someone reach out on Instagram trying to follow me. Because I am an educator, I keep my, pot, my, um, my kind of personal Instagram on its own, kind of private. I don't like to add too many people. Um, but I am currently creating an Instagram to be an outward-facing Sporting Casey Instagram. You can now follow me for anyone who would like to at Riley Clark SKC. Thank you guys, as always, for podcasting with me. This is going to be great. And on our next episode, Remy and I will be recording in the same space. In the middle of the ocean. Yeah, we're going to go ride a dolphin and record the <laughs> podcast at the same time. So it'll be like, dolphin noise. Let <laughs> <laughs> the record show that was Riley who killed it. That's a great dolphin sound. Um, all right. So thank you for, for podding with me, guys. Thank you for everyone that's out there listening. I'm just trying to get I, the ending. It's, it's we're, kind of we're awesome. getting I'm sorry. There, no, that but... dolphin noise is cracking me up. <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to definitely make the cut. If 100%. You're, it... All right. So thank you to everyone who is out there listening. Share it with a friend. Share it with your mom. Tell your dad about it. Tell, Tell your, your enemies. Play it for your baby in the womb to get them ready to be a Sporting KC fan later in life. Um, but for real, if if you want, drop us a review on, on Apple Podcasts. And as always, you will find us down here next week at One Sporting Way.